The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. It is Wednesday, three days from Christmas. Hour number one is brought to you by Healer Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Running back, they say. We are running it back for another edition of the Swain event. You can download the free Swain event app for Android, Apple devices. You can view us on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook Live. If you want to video stream the show, you can do that each and every weekday. Being good morning, man. Good morning. Running back, running back, the Tennessee football players. Some of these guys are deciding to run it back and return for their super senior year. They spoke to the media yesterday. You was right there in attendance like you always are because you go and get it. And um, got Tennessee basketball tonight against Arizona. Uh, One of the best teams in college basketball playing the hottest right now. Be a great test for, for Tennessee, a great challenge. Opportunity, for sure, a great opportunity to get a big-time win. The back and forth between Tennessee and Memphis fans this week, it has been about the cancellation, and one of the things that Memphis fans have said is, hey, we got a great win. Our win is better than any win that you've had this year. Well, it's true. But here's an opportunity for Tennessee to get a big win. Um in their own right. You know what's funny Arizona. about that, though? Memphis fans are still correct, but that win over Alabama lessened just a little bit last night when Alabama lost to Davidson. Hey, man. Alabama's still a good team. I did not say but that. But you're right. I did I did not say that. Alabama losing to Davidson will, will hurt the RPI of Alabama and That's right. what, what have you come tournament resume time and by Alabama's RPI and stuff going down, that'll deflate the the magnitude of the win for for Memphis. Not a ton, but but a little bit, a smidge. I I just think I love the irony of it. So when Tennessee beats Alabama, Memphis winning against Alabama will be more impressive than Tennessee's winning against Alabama. Sure. Hey man, that's what you're saying. That's what you're saying. Tennessee's win would be more impressive than, than Memphis's win because Tennessee would win in Tuscaloosa, in my opinion. Oh, well, hey, Tennessee. Memphis, uh, Memphis beat Alabama before they lost to Davidson, and Davidson beat Alabama uh, yesterday. And then Tennessee, if they beat Alabama, uh, Alabama's team won't be as, as strong and impressive as they were against Memphis. But, hey, it would be on the road. Memphis' um, game was at home. But for Tennessee, they have opportunity to get – a win, a big-time win against a top-five, top-ten opponent in, in Arizona, a team that is undefeated. And you don't see a lot of teams undefeated at this point of the season in basketball. This is not football. You play tough opponents early to kind of see where you are, to gauge where you are as a team. So you don't see undefeated teams. And Arizona is coming in here undefeated with big-time win over Michigan. They also beat – Illinois on the road. 
So, great test. Great test, great opportunity. Tennessee uh, leads the all-time series. How about that? How about that? And we get Tom Hart and Jimmy Dykes on the call. Yes. Yes, yes. man. Yes. Yes. I am excited about tonight's game. I, I did voice my concern for the game throughout the show yesterday. Don't know that it's the best matchup for Tennessee. There, there's not really a, a, a post player I trust for Tennessee right now. Uh, John Fulkerson is the, the one I trust the most. And even with him, I think there's a, another level that he can reach. I think there, there's more that he can provide. I don't, I don't think he's playing his best basketball at the moment. So even with, with having John Fulkerson, I mean, he, he's not playing his best basketball best basketball and you, you look across the court and Arizona has the second tallest team in the country <laughs> and they they really get after it on the boards especially the offensive rebounds so we're gonna see I, Mil- I am concerned about that matchup but I'm also excited like I'm excited to see the environment tonight it's gonna be a sellout mm-hmm. and sellout games in Thompson Bowling Arena are absolutely awesome well Technically, it's not a sellout yet, but it's very close to being a sellout. Maybe, maybe they reached that point today. But I'm I'm really excited for the atmosphere. And at the end of the day, Tennessee is a good a good team. Tennessee is a good basketball team. The conversations we have here on the show, we we're discussing kind of the difference between a good basketball team and a great basketball team, and, and Tennessee going as far as we want them to, being what we want them to. So Tennessee is more than capable of winning tonight. Ken Palm projects them to win by two. Uh, according to the betting sites, at least when I saw it yesterday afternoon, Tennessee was a one-and-a-half-point favorite. It's it's a home game. Tennessee's good defensively. And, like, as long as they knock down shots, they'll be in the game. So as as concerned as I am with the matchup, I am excited because it, it should be a, a really cool environment tonight. And we're going to see how much milk Fulkerson has been drinking. <laughs> I know you got the Mayfield NIL deal. Mm-hmm. Hope them bones are ready tonight, folks. <laughs> They're going to need you. Man, I hope he's drinking a gallon a, get, uh, a day uh, for this game because he's going up against a uh, 6'11", um, basically a seven-footer, two seven-footers he's going up against today. And so second tallest team in college basketball, and he's going to need some strong bones to be able to bang uh, in the paint. Yeah, it's it's – It'll be interesting. Uh, we'll, we'll see if Olivier responds. Still waiting for him to to have that big game against a legitimate opponent. He looks great against the the, the, the non Power Five teams. I guess you could say. And in practice, and in practice for the most part, but against these legitimate teams, he has he has not played well. So. Can this be the night where he finally finds something? Can can he find something to get it going? Because I think he has the skill set, the athleticism, the the strength. Can can he actually piece it together and be productive? On action two four seven, Tennessee is a two point favorite. Okay, two point favorite, and the over under is at a hundred and forty nine point. Five points. So, who are you taking? I don't know yet. If I if I Venmo you, Cash App you, PayPal you, ten bucks to put on the game, 
who who would you put that ten bucks on? Spread or money line or total over under? Uh. So I have this theory. It's kind of weird. My my buddy Blake Von Hagen, who I've talked about on the show before, and I'm sure everybody sees me retweet his uh, betting tweets that that pertain to Tennessee. He's one of my real good buddies, and he's to blame as to why I couldn't go to Pittsburgh this past weekend and watch the Steelers beat the Titans because he came down with the flu. At least we think it was the flu. Who knows these days? Uh, but he and I have always had this discussion of where, like, I don't understand – the difference kind of between like betting the one and a half, like if a team's one and a half point favorite, like to me, that that's not a huge difference than just like picking the game straight up because like more than likely, like, yes, there, there is obviously a chance a team could win by one point, but in my mind, the, the way I think is that like, if a team wins, then more than likely, like if it's a one and a half point spread, more than likely it's going to be my two or more points more than likely. Except that one time when it's one and you lose your money. Yes, and I look, I just said I recognize that there's a, a chance that it could be. But I'm saying more often than not, I guarantee you it's by two or more points than, than a team winning by just one point. So to me, my point is that like when I see kind of those smaller threads, spreads, it's it's like to me you're basically picking the game. Like it, yeah. Tennessee's a two-point favorite. When you ask me money line or spread – to me, when Tennessee's just a two-point favorite, you're kind of picking both at the same time. Yeah, I'm not comfortable doing um, – like in this in this instance, I would be comfortable taking Arizona to, to cover a two-point, you know, two-point spread. I wouldn't – I wouldn't – I wouldn't feel comfortable. That's just me personally. Uh, in this scenario, I'll probably just pick the over-under or – who I think is going to win and pick that for the spread, but I don't know right now, man. I don't know. I don't know. I know. I know. Yesterday, I was not confident in Tennessee's ability to win this game. Today, I feel a little bit more confident, Ben. <laughs> it's game day, baby. I feel a little bit more confident. I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll, I'll say it right off the bat. I'm, I, I'm picking Arizona to win. I just, I, I've got to see it from Tennessee at this point to believe it. They, they have not. Looked all that great against the the big time opponents on their schedule to this point. Yes, they beat down North Carolina, but I don't think North Carolina is very good. I do think the the win over Colorado on the road is very impressive for sure. But Arizona is a different level than than Colorado, and the the only example we have to go by is the Villanova game, and I recognize that that was a month ago, but they didn't look look all that great against against Villanova. So for this particular game, I'm taking the I'll believe it when I see it mode, that approach, because the, the post is going to have to step up. That's not really something that they've done against legitimate opponents this year. The team in general has not stepped up against legitimate opponents. Uh, so I'm, I'm very much in the believe it when I see it mode, and I am a believer in Arizona. Yeah, I wasn't sorry to be a Debbie Downer, but I wasn't impressed by the win against Colorado. It was a it was a solid win. Um, but I was I wasn't impressed. I will be impressed if if Tennessee beats if beat, beats Arizona. I'll be impressed if Tennessee um, beats Alabama because these two games will be like NCAA tournament type of games where it's single single elimination. If you don't win, you are going home, and your all season starts at that moment. That's we win these two games. I'll be impressed, or one of these two games, I will be impressed. But Tennessee has not. 
passed the test, we're, we're 0 for 1 in these type of games. I don't count, you know, Texas Tech is a team that's, that's, that's that much better than Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee just shot poorly and did not win the game. But Villanova is a team that is better than Tennessee, and Tennessee just got blitzed. And we failed that test. Here's another opportunity against a team that is ranked higher, that, that has had a better start than us, and we have a chance to beat them. And here's another opportunity to to pass a test. Alabama will be another one as well. So that's how I'm looking at it. But, yeah, I'm more confident today than I was yesterday. As you look at, you know, kind of the numbers and where Arizona fits and uh, with their statistics up against the um, – you know, competition college basketball and where they um, certain certain statistics as far as rebounds and blocks and you know, pace of play, it just worries you a little bit. It doesn't look good on paper. Like anybody who has a Ken Palm subscription to to get the kind of behind the scenes stats and all the efficiency numbers and so on and so forth, you, you are familiar with the fact that he likes to use colors. And green, he likes to highlight all the really good stuff. And red is obviously all the the really bad stuff that a team does. And you look at Arizona, and it's all green. Whose login did you use to get that? Mine. You got got your own login? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. You want it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'll just... I'm just making. I never heard. This is my first time hearing about a Kim Pom subscription. Well, I subscribed yesterday. So. Oh, okay. Shout out to Kim Pom. It's. I, I think it really helps in terms of me writing about the team, sitting yeah. here talking about the team helps and inform the people more. So I, I figured it, it'd be a good expense. You and Rob Lewis ain't go half on it. Brent Hubs didn't didn't have a Vol Quest uh, account for no. Ken Palm. I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and give Ken Palm an, <laughs> a free ad, but I mean, it's only twenty bucks for the year. So oh yeah, that's that's so it, it's, it's not like it was twenty bucks a month. Oh yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. But my point is, like speaking to. It not looking like a good matchup on paper. Arizona's in, entire sheet of stats is just littered with green, and, and, and like it's it shows their depth chart over the past five games, and like all the players are green. The the most frequent lineups over the past five games, all the players are green because they're they're playing uh, so well. Tennessee, there's a little more red. Mixed in, still, still a good bit of green because, like I said a minute ago, Tennessee is a good basketball team, um, and, and like all their players, Tennessee has has green players. Uh, they have a little more white players, which is kind of just in the middle. John Fulkerson, <laughs> his color on Ken Palm is white because of his play, not because of his skin. <laughs> um, Olivier's a little lighter shade of of green, which is, I, I guess, a little. Above average, Urosh is white as white gets. Um, Justin Powell, Victor Bailey, Zakai, all the rest of them are are green for the most part. Uh, yeah. So. A six five two hundred fifty five zero three. We'll get to the Irish Networks hotline, then we'll take our first break of the day. Tennessee, Arizona tonight. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. It's a good good game to watch. Take in, learn from one of the best in the business, Jimmy Dykes. I love it when he calls games. So that will be appointment television. Appointment television. Don't schedule anything. 
Don't ask me to do anything. Don't ask me if I got time. Don't don't bother me when Tennessee and Arizona plays tonight. You know what else comes on tonight? It ain't Chicago Bears football, so I'm happy. You're right. An actual good football team is taking the field today. Army versus Missouri. Going to whoop up on Missouri. Missouri's got a ton of opt-outs. We'll talk about that during around the SEC. Whoo, Missouri's going to catch an L. I love it. I don't know, man. You see, you see uh, um, Drinkwitz out here saying, yeah, you better, you better adapt or dive to NIL. Hey, businesses, mount up. Mount up. Well, those comments aren't going to save him for this particular game tonight. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. I thought. I thought Eli Drake was was going to go uh, Baptist preachers during during <laughs> Stop, the offering. Stop. Passing around a collection plan. <laughs> we preferred that you give what foes rather than what jingles. Well, bring, bring it on in. We gotta get some recruits. Well, you know they they have. Online giving now they have two options. They have the the actual collection plate, and then they also have the online giving option, which churches do make sure that they share that link. No, oh, they make sure they share that uh, that uh, code that you can text text one 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 to give a hundred dollars. It will show up on your in your next month telephone bill. <laughs> like churches have gotten real creative and finding ways to get your money. Look, if, if a church can get Cam Newton to school. Then, then Tennessee can get somebody to school. That's true. That is true. All right, who's on the phone? Uh, D from Chat. Chat, stand up. What's up, D? Hey, what's going on, fella? How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing all right. I'm actually on my way to Knoxville to do some job onboard stuff, man. So I'm going to be up there for a couple of hours. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Be careful. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be all right. Um, has Justin Williams made it to campus yet? Yes, sir. He was with the he's with the running backs yesterday, um, hanging out. Looks like the team was, you know, having having social time with their coach and uh, different position groups were around Knoxville, different restaurants and different places. And uh, I did see Justin Weaves in the picture uh, with the running backs. Well, people with common sense know that this certain somebody in our running back room needs to invest in itself more and change his position so he can get some playing time because he's going to be the fourth man on the totem pole and that ain't going to be good So third year being on the on the roster. That is that is correct, my friend. I think the, <laughs> I think, I think the writing's on the wall. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I've been saying that. I've been saying that. I'm with, I'm with you. I like him. I think he needs to just go ahead and bump out and, and try his best in that receiver room, man. Just see what he got to offer. He be playing tight end, um, a linebacker, or something. Something, one, two. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, this basketball game coming. How you guys feel about this game, man? I'm a little nervous. I'm a little. I'm a little nervous, D, because these next two games, I, I'll be surprised if Tennessee goes two and zero these next two games. Oh man! When I seen Alabama play Memphis, I was like, uh, "This ain't looking good." <laughs> hey, when I saw Alabama Memphis play, I was like, "This this is a different level basketball game. This game is an NCAA tournament game, and we haven't played in one of those yet." And honestly, it made me less confident about our chance against Memphis. To be honest, when I watched Memphis and Alabama play, that was yep. a different level, man. man. Different level of intensity. We haven't reached that level of intensity yet. And they were flying to the basket like they had magnets, man. 
left and right. I was like, man, we, we don't even flat. We don't even attack the glass like this. Rebounding or going to the hole, man. It, it, I don't know about this. We better make some shots on the outside tonight. Oh, they got to do something, man. Get that pick and roll game going. Uh, just standing around, five out. Just standing there, man. That ain't going to work. They got to take the pass. I haven't even watched Arizona play this year, so I don't even know what they got to offer. They're good. But the same with Alabama got to offer, so I mean, uh, I, ain't, I ain't looking forward to that one. Man. It'd be a great test. I know one person I am looking forward to seeing, that is Kennedy Chandler. Always. Yeah, I look forward to seeing him come play. If he, if he, if he doesn't start off slow, I think he'll be all right. Yep, and start, you know, foul trouble, something that got uh, got him in trouble. Um, what game was that? Was that the, the Texas Tech game? We had some early foul yeah. trouble, and it, effect, it affected yeah, two his. back-to-back. Back, Villanova, too, I think. Well, I think it's, it's Villanova is what I'm talking about. Villanova. Tennessee started with that and one that should have counted. Yeah, he got the charge. And not only did it take yeah. points off the board and kind of steer momentum in the other way, but it got Kennedy in foul trouble yeah. later in the half. It was, yeah, it was, that, it was. I think there was a second game as well. But it didn't impact Tennessee as much within that individual game. Yeah. So not picking up that that second foul uh, in the first half will be very important for, for Chandler, man. Can't can't afford for him to be in foul trouble. No, I really can't, man. But, yeah, man, appreciate y'all having me on, man. Enjoy your morning. I'll keep doing this to the show. Hey, thank you, man. Be careful in your travels. 865-255-03. I think we're going to bring that intensity, man. Playing at home, this is going to be the first big game. The crowd's going to be behind you. I think I think the intensity will be there. But just haven't seen it as much as I would like to have seen it so far during this early part of the season. Tennessee, super seniors. We got our own set of super seniors coming back next year. A couple at the tight end position and quarterback. And the players talked to the media yesterday. We will get to those comments. We also have around the SEC, each and every day, there's always a new development. There's always a new development that affects Tennessee and affects SEC teams. And we'll get to that as well in our number one as we are approaching our number two already here on the Swain event. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Stay with us. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the Big Orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400.
Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and social security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. event fueled by dead and barbecue in hour number one is brought to you by healer plumbing heating cooling and electrical happyhealer.com give us what we want ben we want the news and notes we want the goodies well i have plenty of goodies for you today it was a, a pretty newsworthy afternoon yesterday we have our first SEC bowl game this afternoon. I mentioned it in the opening segment. Missouri is taking on Army tonight at 8 p.m. on ESPN. Go Army. In the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, which is being played, I think, out in Texas. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, Fort Worth, Texas. I think uh, they, they play that bowl game at the home of TCU. Army six-and-a-half-point favorites, and, and part of Army being nearly a touchdown favorite is because Missouri is going to be without quite a few players, including star starting running back Tyler Beatty. He will not play in the bowl game today, and Eli Drinkwood said that that was a decision the coaching staff made. He suspended or something? Banged up and didn't want him to, to risk anything draft-wise. You know what? Because he wanted to play, and they didn't think it was in his best interest, so they said, no, you're not playing. You know what, man? Missouri has handled this the best way of any team in any year of players starting to opt out for bowl games. No one says anything. At least I haven't heard anybody criticize Beatty or criticize Mizzou for saying, no, you're not going to play. I know our player wants to play. Our player wants to finish his career, but we are the ones who are saying no. We don't want him to jeopardize his career. You know how good that looks for recruiting? Looks really good. That was my first thought. Drinkwitz has handled this the best out of anyone any year. And we're probably on what? Year. The first person to opt out of a bowl game was Christian McCaffrey. He was the first person. And how long he's been in the league? My goodness. Several years. Four, so, five, so six. So all this time, we've had players opt out here and there, one or two, and now it's a lot. But all these years, Drinkwitz has handled this the best. Now, I'm going to protect you from you. It's a good move. That's a good move. It is, but Missouri's going to be behind the eight ball tonight. They they have several several players out there. Their leading tackler, Martez Manuel, a safety. He will not play because of an ankle sprain he suffered during bowl practice. Uh, starting defensive tackle, Akil Byers will not play. Starting tight end, Nico Hia will not play. And with Connor Bazelak not playing either. And Case Cook, an offensive lineman, suffering a season-ending shoulder surgery a couple of weeks ago. Missouri's going to be without all four of its captains. All four of its captains are banged up and, and not playing. And Case Cook will start at quarterback for Missouri. Richard freshman, Brady Cook, I'm sorry, will make his first career start, replacing Connor Bazelak, who has played through a leg injury most of the season. Cook appeared in four games this season off the bench, was 19 of 24 for 107 and a touchdown. So we'll we'll see how Missouri does tonight. But on paper, it looks like Army should handle business. Elsewhere in the SEC, a couple of uh, players declaring for the NFL draft, Kenyon Breen, an All-American offensive lineman from Texas A&M, he announced that he is declaring for the draft. Roger McCreary, Auburn's standout corner, He's also off to the NFL and will not play in the Birmingham Booty Bowl. What is the, what is the bowl game really called? Just the Birmingham Bowl? Yes. I like Booty Bowl better. I like Booty Bowl better as well. I, I'm not sure as to, to who sponsors the, the Birmingham Booty Bowl. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, like Dude Wipes <laughs> should sponsor it or like yeah. Baby Wipes. Or some, 
something that has to do with the butt. Maybe like a, the Pepto Bismol Birmingham Bowl. Miralux. The yeah. Miralux Birmingham Bowl. And instead, it's Ticket Smarter. It's the Ticket Smarter Birmingham <laughs> Bowl, uh, which is played uh, on Tuesday. By the way, we also get an SEC game tomorrow night UCF and Florida in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. That is tomorrow night while. Jawan Jennings makes his return to Nashville. Apparently, Florida has not practiced a ton for this bowl game. Kind of weird. They, they've barely practiced for the game, so we'll see how that goes uh, for them. Speaking of Florida, Jack Miller, transfer quarterback from Ohio State, committed to Florida yesterday as a transfer quarterback. So Emory Jones hits the road, and Billy Napier goes out and gets former Ohio State quarterback Jack Miller, and he will have four years of eligibility remaining. He played in six games during his two-year career with Ohio State. A former four-star prospect from Scottsdale, Arizona, completed seven of 14 passes for 101 yards and zero touchdowns or interceptions in those games. So Florida has a new quarterback. We'll, we'll see if Jack Miller can turn into to anything. They They definitely... Need a quarterback, although I think Anthony Richardson will be the the starting quarterback for Florida next year. I, w- I would be surprised if he if he wasn't. Uh, Want to mention if he's not, it's, it has nothing to do with um, athletic ability, no physical ability, because he is a athletic freak. Mm-hmm. Have a non SEC note that pertains to Tennessee before I finish up with the SEC note from yesterday. But the non-one that I want to touch that affects Tennessee is that Keaton Slovis, the USC transfer quarterback, mm-hmm. has committed to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So Pittsburgh obviously needs a new quarterback with Kenny Pickett moving on to the NFL. And naturally, because Tennessee is their second game of the year next year, September 10th in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, they go out and get one of the better quarterbacks available i really like keaton slovis i i liked watching him play at usc before he got hurt i think he's really i think he can be really really good yeah he started three years at usc uh 7500 yards right at 7600 yards he's thrown for 58 touchdowns 68 percent completion percentage the last year he uh had 2100 yards 11 touchdowns and then he got hurt uh, season-ending knee injury. So he's going to be a good one. I mean, he's, he's not going to be as good as Kenny Pickett, but he'll be good. And for Tennessee's sake, we get him early in the season. So um, that should, you know, play in Tennessee's favor a little bit. But he's he's a, he's a good player. So He's good enough to beat Tennessee. He, he is. I don't know what he'll have around him. I, I'm, I haven't studied up on Pitt since Tennessee Pitt ended – Week two, but I, I believe Addison, their their star receiver, Jordan Addison, I believe he's moving on to the next level. Um, I, I I don't think that he'll have a ton of weapons around him. So I mean, a lot of super seniors will be going on. Yes, I, I just I'm not familiar with Pitt's offense because I quit paying attention to Pittsburgh once Tennessee wrapped up their game with Pittsburgh. Speaking of transfers, the the Note from around the SEC yesterday. You're not going to like this one. You're not going to like this one, Swain. That's fine. I'll get over it. Former Georgia Tech 
running back, Jameer Gibbs, is headed to Alabama. Jameer Gibbs committed to Alabama yesterday afternoon at 2.30 p.m. Tennessee obviously had a lot of interest in Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs did not have any interest in Tennessee because of how he felt Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Chaney handled his recruitment back when he was interested in Tennessee coming out of high school. And naturally, he's off to play for the Crimson Tide because there is a lot of carries to give out next year in Alabama's backfield. Brian Robinson moving on. You've got some other guys who have been banged up throughout their career and haven't really established themselves. Uh, Jameer Gibbs could walk into Tuscaloosa and and potentially be the starter. So certainly understand the the move from a football perspective. It it makes the absolute sense. Probably the the best decision he could absolutely make, but just kind of stinks because you know the backstory with Tennessee. Are you thinking what I'm thinking here? Have you realized what I've realized that during the last couple weeks that Alabama has basically whooped everybody in transfer portal? They did it last year too. I mean, say what you will about Henry T. I mean, he he did help Alabama this year. I mean, he's not a a star All-American type of player, but he did have an All-SEC type of season, helped fill a void on that Alabama defense. You look at Jamison Williams and what he did offensively for Alabama, and he's turned himself into a first-round pick more than likely. They won it last year. They're going to win it this year because they go out and get Elias Ricks from LSU, who, as I mentioned last week, a lot of draft experts view him as the top corner Mm -hmm. in the 2023 class. Alabama's going to lose both of their starting corners more than likely after the season, and they slide in Elias Ricks, an absolute stud from LSU. Now they go out and get Jameer Gibbs, who they'll slide right in, and I would be very surprised if Jameer Gibbs isn't successful in Tuscaloosa. How about Butte? Yeah. Did did he commit to Alabama? I missed that. Yeah. If if that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keyshawn Butte from LSU? Yeah. They got two players from LSU? Yeah. Yeesh. Butte's good, man. Real good. He got hurt early in the season. He needs to play in the Birmingham Booty Bowl. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I, I swear I saw that he was going to going to Alabama. There, there's been hints. Not, not nothing, yet. Not nothing, yet. Nothing official, but it seems to be trending that way. Uh, the the first thing that comes up is could Alabama snag another LSU transfer in Keyshawn Butte, and then there's another article. Keyshawn Boutte hints at, at transferring to Alabama. So looks like it's trending that way. Yeah, Keith Friedman says that um, that he you know, he was told a couple of days ago that uh, Boutte has informed those close to him that he will be transferring to Alabama. So it's not official yet, but man. Yep, this is, this is the other side of the coin I was worried about with – this new age of of transferring like the the initial thought was like hey this is going to be able to help the smaller schools because they can go out and get get these these prospects and players that don't necessarily pan out from from Alabama and and Georgia and what have you and and they can fill their roster with those players but what people weren't talking about was the fact that hey Alabama Georgia and LSU and Ohio State and Oklahoma they're going to come in and, and swoop up players as well yeah, it's gonna, it's, it can help. It can help everybody, and it can help the the the, the guys on top, and the guy the, the teams in the middle, but the teams at the bottom. Oh man, this is this is gonna hurt you for sure. So yes, Alabama is filling voids like no one else. Man, they get Butte, 
you get Ricks now uh, with Gibbs. That's like that's like having three first round picks. If you if you're an NFL team during the draft, that's like having three first round picks. You go out there and you sign three of the best college players in the country to your school. I mean, school. Excuse me, to your organization. It's the same exact thing. Yep. But if you're Tennessee, you can't worry about what Alabama's doing right now. You got to worry about what you're doing and get to that next level. And you got to make sure that you are attractive to players in the portal when that time comes for you to go inside of there. And I think Tennessee is waiting. I think Tennessee is looking forward to the bowl games being played and a new wave of players entering the portal. Then they're going to make a you know, a run at some players to fill certain holes here and there. But a hole that they won't have to fill from the transfer portal will be tied in uh, because you got a couple guys coming back, a couple dudes coming back for, for Tennessee that we'll get to after we take uh, this quick timeout. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Don't go anywhere. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. 
I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. It's time for Tennessee to get on their super senior stuff. And they are doing that because during yesterday's media availability, Jacob Warren made it known that he intends to return. He has multiple years of eligibility, but he's going to return and and play. Um, Prince Defant was, was, was asked and, he didn't really answer it at that very moment, but then he came back later that day and was like, surprise! Worst kept secret ever. Surprise! Snitches! Come back! I'm coming back! And this is not like Jason Witten deciding to come back or um, Peyton Manning deciding to come back. It's not like that. But it's very important, though, because it's about bridging the gap to the next tight end or the next group of tight ends. And there is a significant gap between who played last year and who's next in line to play. So, like, at wide receiver, there's a big gap between Valus Jones and the next guy. And so Tennessee is going to need somebody to kind of come along and hopefully bridge, bridge that gap. But you want players who maybe didn't play the year before because the starter was was clearly better. When the starter goes on, whether it's the draft or the graduation, you want the backup 
you want to feel confident about the backup. That okay, he has learned a lot. He has paid his dues. He's ready to move into that spot and be the guy. I'm trying to give an example off, off the top of my head. Oh, here's one. How about when Alan Kamara and Jalen Hurd went on, and then John Kelly? It was his. It was his time. Like that gap was. Ooh, that was seamless. It seemed like. Like, John Kelly was ready to be the dude, and he was the guy. It wasn't a huge drop-off as far as production. You didn't go from Alvin Kamara to, you know, a walk-on caliber running back or a bad running back that, you know, couldn't do anything. You went to a guy that was also an NFL caliber running back. Well, right now with Tennessee's tight ends, there's a drop-off. Because you don't know what Miles Campbell is going to do. You don't know what the youngsters at, at tight end is going to do. They have not shown you anything yet. So you get Princeton Fant for one more year. You get Jacob Warren for another year if he wants to just do one year. But you get the same group of tight ends back, and I think that is very, very important. Now, Princeton Fant started off hot, but, man, he had some drops during the, during the season that he has to clean up. But good blocker. It's also important that you, get, you know have someone that – understands the culture and is in the second year of the system and that's going to be that's going to be important it's going to be important but i know jacob warren has some some comments about how happy he is catching passes from hendon hooker again yes 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 he was asked kind of what he thought about hendon hooker returning and he he said that he was obviously very excited he's excited and he actually he said it was huge and then he he pivoted and mentioned Joe Milton I thought was very interesting he said it was huge and even with Joe who is physically one of the best quarterbacks I have ever seen I'm excited for us to continue to have great depth back there plus he likes to throw me the football so Hendon returning is huge for me (laughs) and I'm a fan of it so So, uh, you you do know Jacob Warren is is very media savvy and remember when Harrison Bailey was on the roster, and Jacob Warren was asked about the quarterback situation. Jacob Warren, because I know he said this during the locker room um, when we had him on the season, he said that you know he was he was confident in any quarterback going out there. He thought that any quarterback could go out there and do a good job. And I looked at Jacob Warren like, Jacob, come on, man. You know and I know that's not the truth, but – that's a good answer. And he's supposed to say That's that. a great answer, Jacob. And, and he's not wrong. No, but he just didn't want to leave Joe Milton out. He made I, Joe Milton or, part of the conversation. It was really smart. Or is he recruiting Joe to come back? Maybe. But Jacob Warren's very, very intelligent. He is. He yeah. is. He is. I, I'm a big Jacob Warren fan. He is. Uh, he, he. I think he's a good tight end. He, he's a 10 million times better person. Off the field, I am a huge Jacob Warren fan. Uh, when, when he started off his interview by being asked if if he would return, and he's only a redshirt junior, and I mean he wasn't going to go to the NFL or anything, but he had graduated in May, and nowadays you just never know if if somebody is going to transfer. So he he was asked if if he would be back, and he just simply said, "I'll be back," and then he discussed what he wants to improve on. And it was all about getting stronger and adding good weight so that he can play in the box better and then just continuing to improve his technique. Uh, 
Prince Infant, on his decision at the time, said he had not made a decision on whether to come back next year, wanting to make a decision last night after having a conversation with Josh Heupel. Obviously, he did so late afternoon by putting out the tweet that he did. Uh, but, I mean, you could tell that he was coming back because the last sentence of of his answer to if he was coming back was, quote, it's going to be a great year next year, and I'm just ready. Sounds like uh, somebody coming back. And, and he kind of reiterated that when I asked him about Hendon returning and kind of what he's capable of next year. And he said that Hendo is a great leader for us. I'm really excited about him coming back. He's capable of anything next year. Going to be a big year. So, Princeton fan, all in. Since he has uh, two veteran tight ends coming back, and that can't hurt, that's for sure. <laughs> that was the worst kept secret ever. He just ever. He just told on himself. Yes, ever. And, and like, I don't know if, what I'm gonna do. If you watch the, go back and watch the video. Like he is smirking the entire time. He, he's trying to <laughs> trying to be serious the entire time, but but couldn't help himself. So it, it was pretty evident that uh, Princeton was going to return. I don't know what I'm going to do, but, man, I know I'm excited about next year. Yep. And, I mean, the, these guys aren't going to be the difference in Tennessee jumping from eight wins to ten wins. Mm-hmm. To me, that that's Hendon Hooker, Cedric Tillman type of returns. But, it to me, the, these are big returns in, in regards to maintaining what Tennessee built this year. And, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, just bridging the gap until Miles Campbell is ready. And Tennessee is high on Miles Campbell. Alex Golish is, is high on him, been high on him since fall camp. Uh, I asked Jacob Warren about Miles Campbell yesterday, and he he raved about him as as well. And, again, we know that Jacob is, is media savvy, but he, he really gave an informative answer, talked about how he just has that quick twitch for somebody that big and how he wishes that he had the quick twitch that, that Miles Campbell does. And I mean, he's not the, the biggest guy when you look at him outside of pads, but he plays much bigger than what he, than what he looks like. And he's just really athletic. So Miles Campbell, I think is going to be good for Tennessee one day. That day just isn't here yet. So this is just huge for Tennessee in, in terms of just bridging that gap until Miles Campbell is ready, because if both of those guys decided to to move on and do something else, then all of a sudden next year Miles Campbell is you're starting tight end probably before he should be, and there there will be mistakes with that growing curve. Obviously, you saw it with Kyle Alexander. You, you've seen it with with other guys who have had to play earlier than they should. Jerome Carvin should not have played as early as as he did, but he had to. Javante Spragans played early. And, and probably shouldn't have, uh, but but he had to. And at tight end, at least, Tennessee doesn't have to throw somebody out there that just isn't quite ready. So I, I think it's just big in maintaining what they've already built, as you, as you detailed. Think about, think about the foundation of what we do, Ben. It's the quick screen pass to the perimeter. It gets the drive going. It gets the tempo started. And if you can pick up four or five yards, now second and five, second and six, Second and four, you get up to the line of scrimmage and boom, you run the ball or you have your next play and you're successful. It's really because of that first play. And guess who's normally blocking out there in space most of those times? It's Princeton Fant. It is Jacob Warren. And it's hard to block on the perimeter, blocking little DBs if you're a tight end. So uh, this is a great, great 
um, return for Tennessee football team, these two tight ends. Hour two, coming up. <laughs> 